no harm, no foul, because you always want to give your body a chance to heal first. Mm -hmm. Your body's amazing ability to heal on its own. It's amazing, right? But you have to give it an environment to heal. And you have to stop what you did to get it there, right? So you flip that, you get, get in, musculoskeletal expert, you work with some nutrition, you work with some supplementation. Now, if that doesn't work, then you can start to triage up the chain, which is more sure. expensive, more invasive, more, mm -hmm. you know, things that potentially are going to be long-term lasting effects, but are, are significantly invasive. But when you look at the health changes, the physical therapy changes, those are least invasive and long-term prognosis. Research shows significant, significant good prognosis in relation to surgery injection and, and all of that. Welcome back to a Rusty Move podcast. And uh, today I have an amazing guest, uh, Jill Marlin. She is uh, owner of Peak Performance Physical Therapy. And I've got to know J Jill for the last handful of years. But more importantly, I started having some hamstring issues. And I kept thinking about, and I saw her speaking one day at Playmakers. Her and I were doing a, an event locally. And I thought to myself, of all the people, I want to go see her. And she really opened my eyes up about what's going on in my body. Um, and I got to tell you, from a really honest point of view, I don't think my back has felt this good in 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> so I just got back from skiing in Colorado. And um, every morning I got up and I'm like, wow, my back feels so good. So a lot of that decompression stuff we did for the spine, you had me work on my mobility of my hips. And yeah. I, we're not done. I know we're not done. Right, yeah. But um, anyway, just that's kind of a little intro from there. But firsthand, I could feel the amazing um, expertise that you've had over time. So anyway, welcome for uh, welcome to spending the time with us today. And I want to begin just a little bit about yourself, your business, how you got started in this field, and, um, and toot your horn a little bit, because you have tons and tons of uh, experience and knowledge in this space. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate being here and having this conversation with you, and always love to talk with people in our community that are experts and leaders within their field, and Chris, you certainly are, and you know, looking around us here of the tremendous books that you've written and the influence that you've had in the field of health and wellness is tremendous. And that's something, you know, our mission at Peak Performance is really increasing that human connection through health and wellness. And, you know, that's where, you know, we can work really well together. And so I think that's why our philosophies work well together sure. and yeah. how we kind of really have come together. So, yeah, I mean, a, a little bit about me and Peak Performance and what that looks like. And, you know, I, I started as a college athlete, so I went through college on a full-ride basketball scholarship, and I grew up in the gym in a locker room and been an athlete myself, and originally was going in veterinary medicine and, and pivoted, transitioned after an injury, and have had my fair share of injuries that I have recovered from and, you know, maneuvered through, and through the help of phenomenal physical therapists, and I transitioned from veterinary medicine to physical therapy because of those type of um you know, I guess influences that I had sure. in my life. And so when I graduated from Wayne State and then I went on to grad school, I wanted to be the best physical therapist clinician that I could be. Spent a lot of time, effort, and energy in that. 
and worked really hard and did extra clinical, extra residency rotations and went through the osteopath continuing education program and went through the postdoctoral training at Oakland University. And in those experiences, I had the opportunity to work with some world-renowned manual therapists. So I worked with Olaf Evian from Oslo, Norway, and Philip Greenman, who started the osteopath program at Michigan State, and Freddie Kaltenborn from Germany. And I would say they are the, the top three of the top five manual therapists in the world. So going through those programs, kind of that next phase was I was asked to stay on and actually teach in the program. Mm -hmm. So I taught in the program at MSU as well as Oakland for over six years. And what better way to learn than to actually teach your skill? So I taught for several years and was a resident instructor. Um, kind of that next phase, I then you know looked into more political, how could I make a bigger vision or impact in our state? And so um, I actually was appointed by two different governors and sat on the State Board of Physical Therapy and drafted the rule set by which all physical therapists practice currently in the state of Michigan. So we added continuing professional development requirements and past direct access, some things that hadn't been done in 22 years. Mm. And so that was empowering to me. And then kind of that next phase of the entrepreneurship and starting my own practice and growing a practice and growing an influence within our organization and within our community and within the country. And I've been recognized by Ernst & Young as one of the top 10 female entrepreneurs in North America. And I've had the opportunity to go to Palm Desert with some amazing entrepreneurs, like the best of the best. Yeah, I think and I saw, I saw that was um, exciting. Um, you had that, something on social, but yeah, I mean, that is an incredible uh, acknowledgement and reward to be recognized in the top 10 across yeah. the country. It was it was quite an honor. Yeah. And, we, you know, we don't do this for awards, but it is nice yeah, every recognized. once in a while. Yeah. And not only you're fantastic in your field, but walk us through your business. And before we jump into some of the other stuff, so so you so you have multiple locations now. So walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so we have five locations at Peak Performance in across the mid-Michigan area, and we just launched into the Grand Rapids market. Uh, we've also had contracts with various colleges. We work with college athletes and professional teams in which we've provided primary care, cardiology, orthopedic, athletic training services uh, for professional teams as well. So we see, you know, at, at one point we're under contract for over 800 athletes that we are covering anywhere from collegiate to professional mm. Um, from that level and but you know we work with the general population too those weekend warriors or you know the arthritic type of things so anywhere from an outpatient orthopedic realm sure are kind of where we we yeah. fall so so and you look at so you're coming into this business but what did you, what kind of imprint or what kind of um you know if you looked at your your business itself what what did you want to make it different how did you want to change it or did you want to change it? You know, when you designed, you got five locations. What do you want that to be a, maybe a little different or add a little bit of this to it? Be because I feel when I come into your facility, the attention to detail is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Very organized, always getting a survey. You know, I mean, I, everything, it's not an accident. Right. Yeah. And so anyway, and it's intentional. Yeah. yeah. Very similar to, you know, how, how you run your business. And if you don't know, then how do you make the changes? And that's that's one of the things. And so part of the reason and, and part of the story of, of why I started a business actually falls in, you know, my, my grandmother had tremendous low back pain. Mm. And 
I saw lots of, you know, she's a brilliant woman that had tremendous resources, but still got caught up in the system where it was like symptoms were being treated, but the cause was never found. And this was before I was in PT school and before. And so Mm. I wish now going back, I could have made that difference. And that's always been my burning why Mm -hmm. behind what I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like you, we treat causes, not symptoms. And you can chase your tail all day long chasing symptoms. But if you never find the cause, you will always be festering with your symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you were really emphasizing with myself. Yeah. That we're, you know, hey, you can almost do the splits. Doesn't matter. Right. That's not the problem. Not the problem that you don't have the, the flexibility in your hamstring. It's that your other areas are locked up. Right. And is it truly your hamstring or is your hamstring a symptom of potential nerve issue that's making your hamstring tight? So we can stretch your hamstring all day long. Right. We don't address a nerve, then your hamstring will tighten yeah, back up. Yeah, when you started doing some manual therapy and I'm like, oh, okay, something's changed here. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, I, I was just treating a symptom, stretch, stretch, stretch. You yeah. know, massage, do this and that, all good stuff, but yeah, you really was never fixing the, the source of the problem. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yep. So so we we had this conversation. You and I spoke at a local, at Playmakers, a local, yeah. and um, you came up and you started talking about an office visit. Mm-hmm. And I, I just was just, I was making notes. And I'm like, this is gold information. So this is what we want our listeners, our viewers to kind of, Walk us through a little bit about healthcare because this is what you do every day. You're right in right. that mix of healthcare, what's being reimbursed, what's not being reimbursed, you know, the whole list. So anyway, if you could just kind of walk us through that that hospital visit conversation. Yeah, and, and I think we start with the, the importance of it because when we look at healthcare costs right now, they're tremendous. And so we were just talking before this podcast and some of the costs that are coming forward right now is that an average person out-of-pocket cost can be upwards of $12,000 per person. And we're looking at an average household of up to $50,000 a year in regards to cost and healthcare costs. So the money is a direct impact and people and individuals within our community, our society, our country are feeling the cost of healthcare more and more and more because companies can no longer bolster 100% of the cost. And so as we're looking at that, we need to look and see what is our dollar giving us? What are we truly getting from our dollar that we're spending? So, so let's pause just for a second. I want to make sure everybody hit, got that n- number. So you're saying 12 grand a year, basically per person, or $50,000 per household per year spent yes. on health care. Which is tremendous. So I just when you look sure at the average household cost, it's not much more than that. So you're looking at over 50%, if not up to 90% of an overall household cost being spent in some way, shape, or form on health, wellness, and medicine. So I just want to make sure that was crystal clear to everybody how much money. So continue. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's drastic. And that's why this conversation is pivotal and important to have. And so what we were talking about is, is the expectation of what your money gives you. And, you know, oftentimes I think it's been because of the barrier of insurances, we haven't really truly understood the importance of the dollar in healthcare because we never really knew how much it cost because we would pay 
five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, but we didn't realize that that was a tip of the iceberg as to what was actually happening behind the scenes. And so now we're feeling it more. We need to be educated. We need to be informed from a consumer basis. So that medical illiteracy has never been greater, in my opinion. Right. And so now we're starting to see what's behind the iceberg. Yeah. And that's what you're saying. So, so walk us through an office visit. Right. Yeah. So what I talked about and, and you know, kind of one of the things that I, I love to have this conversation is what a traditional office visit costs and what it truly looks like and how much of your time. Okay, so if you're thinking about going into, you know, say your primary care physician or you're looking to go into an orthopedic surgeon or, you know, anybody out there, a specialist, a physical therapist. So you're looking at that visit of upwards of $250, $300. And the average right now in the United States visit one-to-one is between seven and 10 minutes, one-to-one interaction with the physician. And so... What you need to look at is what are you getting for seven to 10 minutes for $300 for that time? (laughs) It better be a lot, right? Yeah. So, and what we talked about is if you were hiring somebody to do something for your family or your household or around your house, and they said, okay, I charge $300 for 10 minutes, what would your expectation then be? It would be dramatically, dramatically different than what we're currently doing in the way that healthcare is being so if delivered. you're paying a copay of five ten twenty five dollars it's not so painful but if you had to fork out three hundred dollars for a 10 minute visit i think you'd have a different obviously a different viewpoint correct and that's what is happening so eventually we are all shouldering the costs of healthcare. so that is what's happening the payout is happening we may not be feeling all of it but we're starting to feel a little bit more of it So when you show up to a doctor's visit, think of it as a business meeting. And the most important business meeting that you can have, because if you don't have your health, what do you have? You can't work, you can't help your family, you can't be a part of the community, you can't give back. So it starts there, right? So when we look at the cost of a car or a washer and dryer, and we spend way more time saying what is the best and looking at different resources and different pricing and but do we really do that with our health care? Yeah, and the research is not being done, but right. we're definitely going to make sure we're going to get the best washer, dryer, or whatever. Right, yeah. We're there's looking of, on you know, consumer reports, and right. we're looking at all that stuff. And <laughs> right. you know, there's, that data is out there, but we just haven't been educated quite yet on, on how to get it and what that looks like. So, yeah, going to an office visit, like we talked about, it needs to be – the most important business meeting you have of the week. So that means you need to have an agenda. You need to have your questions. And you need to make sure you understand the conversation. Because physicians, physical therapists, people in medicine don't realize that they're using jargon and terminology because they use it all the time. Mm -hmm. And that they don't realize it's jargon and terminology you don't understand. And people oftentimes are intimidated to ask, like, could you clarify? Or they don't think that they have enough time to get clarification. So you would be surprised the people that come into our office that have had major surgeries. And you'll say, well, what happened? Well, I had back surgery. Well, well, I understand that, but what happened? Well, they fused my back. Well, what level? I, I'm not sure. 
you should know all of that stuff. Like you should know what they use, the kind of hardware they use, that you should know what level they fuse, you should know the prognosis, you should that kind of stuff helps you get better so much quicker. And we see it in the literature across the board. So when they come in, so you're going to map out like, okay, so these are the things you got to walk in. Would it be two, three, five things? Because again, sometimes you're not going to get the time, correct? Right. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's realistic. I mean, you don't want to sit down and, and monopolize, you know, two hours. That's, that's just not going to happen. happen. That's not going to happen. But you know, the time restraints on what a typical visit is. And sometimes it's important for you to ask, how long will I have with the doctor? Mm-hmm. How long will I have with the physical therapist? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Because if you don't with. know that mm-hmm. and you go in and you're thinking you have 20 minutes and you have five, right. you're, you know, taken back like, wait a minute, I didn't get any of my questions answered, mm-hmm. right? So being prepared is pivotal. And you got to go in with a plan. And you Now, w- when you were talking about this, when I heard your talk, sometimes that's not on their agenda. So it's their agenda but versus your agenda. And that's what you're trying to flip the switch. It's like it's the business meeting, and you need to come in there prepared for your business meeting, correct? Right, yeah. And it should be there. Your agenda should be their agenda mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? And so we talked a lot about developing your healthcare, t- your healthcare need and your healthcare team, team. before you need them mm-hmm. so that you have the individuals that you can go to not in crisis, not in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. You're trying to find, you know, the best orthopedic surgeon because you just fractured your hip or because you just had a stroke. You're trying to find the best, you know, pulmonologist or whatever, right. you know, or, right. you know, neurologist or What's neurosurgeon. Like you're saying that. So, for example, you know, I was just speaking in Houston a couple weeks ago and people were asking me different things. And I said, well, you know, I have this th- physical therapist, I have this chiropractor, I have, you know, I have a team. Yeah. I have a massage therapist. Well, you do. Why do you need that? I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course I need that. Yeah. So everybody, you know, you want to surround yourself with expertise that can help you. But sometimes I think in our world today, like a big job, and I know it's a big role you do, is when I sit down and we're doing private training or whatever it might be, I kind of help them map out who they're what their team looks like right and they never thought of that before mm-hmm. I'm like well you need to go see you know this physical therapist or you need to go see this chiropractor or you need to see this family practice doc or whatever it might be right but yeah. they don't think about that they wouldn't if they had any other business thing they'd have everybody around them helping them right yeah but not in the not about their health their health and wellness right which you know again we bring it back to the most important thing because if you don't have it you can't do any of this stuff well Right. So. so what do you see some of the roadblocks and challenges in the in the healthcare field right now? What's changed a little bit in the last, I don't know, five years for you? Is there anything really drastically changed? Because I know it has for me. Yeah. And healthcare in the last, especially the last three years, has changed drastically in regards to <clears throat> when we're looking at overall reimbursement declines, overall costs of education costs are going up drastically. And so unlike, you know, we're looking at like maybe a consumer type of model where you just increase inflation or you increase your rate or you increase your product, with healthcare it it doesn't work like that. And so you're feeling more of a crunch. And so what's happening from a consumer standpoint is they're getting less and less time and face time 
with the actual professionals. Because in order to, you know, kind of overcome that, there's only so much time in the day. So you need to increase the visits in the day to make the difference, to, to continue with that margin. So education costs, which means salary costs are up, reimbursements are down. There's only so much of that mm. we can do. And one of the big things that we're seeing right now is, is hospitals in regards to nursing and travel nurse costs versus staffing nurse costs and supply and demand. And we're seeing a huge issue with that, and we're seeing some, some major changes as things are flowing through for the hospital systems. Do you see, like, for physical therapy, is it, is it harder to find good physical therapists today than it was five or ten years ago? Yeah, and I would say not necessarily the quality that's coming out, but the quantity has been decreased. So the quantity so has been decreased. programs right now are in jeopardy of losing credentialing because they don't have the educators. They don't have the staff. So they're mm -hmm. going from a program that was 65 to 70 doctors of physical therapy that they're graduating to 30. Mm. And so what we're seeing is as our Medicare population, as our population is aging right now, our baby boomers are needing more and more care, we're seeing actually less and less educated healthcare professionals mm -hmm. graduating. And so we're starting to see that crunch as it the as pool, it's coming the pool up is into that. Smaller. Yeah. Correct. So let's switch gears for a second here. So what are some common things that a person listening or viewing this my knee bothers me mm -hmm. or my back bothers me? Well just take some kind of, you know, pain medication or whatever. So right. w what are some of the first steps people could do or what would be the strategy they would do if they started having some, my neck's killing me or, you know, whatever it might be. Right, yeah. Yeah, so one of the things that we look at is, you know, appropriate triage, you know, so that when we look at the overall cost of healthcare, is that we can get the absolute best result with the minimal cost mm. in healthcare to the individual, right? Because overall that gets us healthier because they're actually getting treatment, but it also decreases their overall health care costs. And, and on a grassroots level, that's how I feel like we can start to make changes in health care. Correct, yes, yes. So, so <laughs> give us a couple examples of that. So yeah. somebody has, my back's bothering me or whatever it might be. I get this every day, and I'm like, uh, you, you don't need to, you need to start doing X, Y, Z before you do that. right. And so I will use the analogy of the food pyramid. So think about the food pyramid, what it looked like 20 years ago. Probably inappropriate to really the way that we should be eating when we know the right. effects of the health and wellness based off of the food pyramid. Yeah, right? for sure. Same thing with, with triaging in our healthcare system right now. So if you take that pyramid of triage and say you have back pain or you herniated your disc, you were out in the, your yard or you picked up something and you herniated a disc, you have immediate pain in your back that's shooting down your leg. For those of you listening, what are the first thing that you would probably do? Pick up the phone, maybe call your primary care doctor, or if it's bad enough, you'd go to the emergency room. Sure. Right? Emergency room is the highest cost that we could do. But when you're in that much pain, you're yeah. like, cut it off. Right. Like, I mean, Doesn't just, I, yeah, like I can't function. <laughs> and trust me, I've been there. Sure. I've, I've right. been there. I've lived through it. So I understand that. But when you go to the emergency room, what happens is this is the triage that happens. You go to the emergency room, you'll probably get some tests and measures. So you'll get an x-ray, radiation, an MRI, magnetic viewing of your back. 
you will be put on muscle relaxers and pain medications and typically narcotics, a Vicodin or Norco or something like that, right? From there, they'll say follow up with your physician if you're not better in a, a week or two. So then you follow up with a primary care physician who you're still not better will then potentially send to a specialist where you may either get injections or more pain medications. Okay, so next tier up. Yeah, this sounds really good. You know, from that next tier, <laughs> you're getting the injections, which are extremely costly. So now we're looking at, you know, probably about a fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 cost of emergency room, MRI, x-rays, you know, primary care, specialist injections. And then you look at, from there, those don't work. Then you're going to get referred to surgery. You're going to go and have surgery, and then the surgeon will refer you to physical therapy. So we know if we take that and flip it upside, flip it upside down, down, right? So you go in to a musculoskeletal expert. And I'm not saying that not everybody, you know, that, that there's not some people that need injections and surgeries and sure. that kind of stuff. Yeah, because there yeah, is yeah. people that need it. And I'm not anti that stuff when it's necessary. So you flip that, go to a musculoskeletal expert. What that would look like if you walked in to see me would be a thorough evaluation of how your spine is moving, what nerve and what disc specifically is involved. So you may have a series of herniated discs or bulging disc or arthritis, but I can tell you which one is causing you the pain without an MRI or without an x-ray. So I can tell you if you're a candidate for surgery based on a numerous different tests and measures that I do. So we call them myotomes, dermatomes, and they all back up, reflexes, they all back up to the specific nerve, the specific disc, and the specific movement of your spine. I can give you treatment immediately to decrease the inflammation. We can work with you to get decreased inflammation, decreased irritation, and increase you know, oxygenation to the area and overall stimulation of healing right away mm-hmm. in through nutrition, right? Which is uh, just a tiny bit of the cost, right? You right. can come into physical therapy for 12 to 14 visits for almost half the cost of a spinal injection. For a w- one injection. One injection. That's craziness. Yeah. So you flip that. Now, if that doesn't work, no harm, no foul, because you always want to give your body a chance to heal first. Mm-hmm. Your body's amazing ability to heal on its own. It's amazing, right? But you have to give it an environment to heal. And you have to stop what you did to get it there, right? So you flip that, you get get in, musculoskeletal expert, you work with some nutrition, you work with some supplementation. Now, if that doesn't work, then you can start to triage up the chain, which is more expensive, more invasive, more, Mm -hmm. you know, things that potentially are going to be long-term lasting effects, but are, are significantly invasive. But when you look at the health changes, the physical therapy changes, those are least invasive and long-term prognosis. Research shows significant, significant good prognosis in relation to surgery injection and, and all of that down the road. Do you see, um, so f- from that point of view, do you see this thing flipping slowly? Or yeah, do you, or do you see I do. I, because what was dr- starting to drive this is the pocketbook. People mm-hmm. are feeling right. that. And when people have a direct effect, they have skin on their, you know, skin off their mm-hmm. back of what they're Correct. having to put into it, they are starting to demand better. Mm-hmm. They're starting to understand that, you know, 
being caught up in the system and having, you know, months and months go by without actually getting better, like that's not okay because I'm spending thousands right. and not getting better. And that's kind of what I we've been seeing for a while is they get all this stuff up front, but they're not even starting with the basics. Right. And then I have to go all the way back to the basics. And when the basics, and then like I had a guy in here yesterday and it was like, you know, I'm getting this, I'm, I'm much better here, much better, you know, and it's, it doesn't cost, the cost is, you know, hardly anything. Right. So yeah. what we're working on mobility, some flexibility, some balance, better nutrition, hydration, you got to pay attention to your sleep. I mean, the list goes on and on, but yeah. you know, you're flipping this model on end versus, okay, here's your meds, here's this, here's that, and right. the list goes on and on. So Well, and you talked a little bit, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about our, your team, right, and your healthcare team. So mm-hmm. I find it interesting working with professional athletes. Everybody wants the results they have, but they don't understand what's keeping these people going. Every one of them has a tremendous team that they're working with. Correct. They do have a team. Have like a team. it's yeah. it's not like they get hurt and they just miraculously get better. <laughs> and they have What's a team. What's wrong with me? Why don't I <laughs> right. right. They have a team. I mean, when I worked with professional hockey team, they had a timed nutrition. I mean, what they were putting in their mouth was timed. Like before they walked on the ice, you know, during half, you know, kind of inner yeah, inner periods, right. what they got afterwards from natural cherry juice to to stimulate the melatonin to 90% Keiko before to stimulate, you know, right. the exercise to all of that stuff. So right. when they get hurt, their body is primed to heal. So whether they need surgery or whether they need, you know, they can recover quicker because they're primed to well, I heal. Remember, I remember you were working on my back and my hips, and then you were talking about, like, you could tell, like, my left side would <laughs> fatigue much faster than my right. Mm-hmm. And instantly and you I, I could see that and i'm like wow that's really fascinating and then more you opened it up it, it didn't fatigue as much and i could think well here i'm playing paddle ball or whatever no wonder after i play for a little while all of a sudden this thing's not my legs not reacting the same way right and yeah it never really hit me like w- what's going on here but you woke me right up and like let's start with that if i didn't start with that then i would have never fixed the source of the problem right and, and that th- that goes down to i think finesse right so your test and measures that you do have to be finessed. And the higher the level or the better in shape people are, the more finesse you have to have because it's minutia that mm-hmm. makes a difference. It's a difference of less than 1% of difference when you're working with an athlete or somebody like yourself that's in really good shape. Yeah, I just, I mean, you started doing some simple things and I'm like, ah, oh, this is makes, but like I said at the beginning, my back is. You know, I was getting up in the morning. I'm like 65 years old, and is it, is it really? Is it really should be this hard to tie my shoes? Right. But yeah. It's not. So, right. but at one time I'm like, gosh, I'm doing a lot. I think I'm doing a lot of good stuff, but I needed a team, mm-hmm. and that team has helped a tremendous amount. So I, that's kind of you know, I look at when people come in, like how you have to slow them down. The challenging thing is, is how to how do you find these professionals? Yeah, and that. You know, that is, that's hard. But, you know, engaging like with individuals like yourself, because you're very ingrained in the community mm-hmm. and and who, you know, kind of are, are the individuals that are open to educate and are open to, yes. you know, really engage their patients. Well, that's I, I like key. what you just said, open, because, you know, we have this health professional, the green zone thing. And we bring all these health professionals in. I want to invite you to get involved in that. But, yeah, I'd love to. Um, 
it's funny that everybody's kind of checking their ego at the door and it's like, no, I, I want to learn more. Yeah. You know, when I came to see you, I learned more about some of these things than I have my whole entire life. And I've been around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it really, it really is, if you're more curious and you're asking good questions and you're open, I think that's, and then that's put some time and energy into your own health, which again, you're looking at a refrigerator right. or a, a pair of shoes or a car, and we're spending a lot of time in researching what's on Netflix versus, you know, what are we doing from a health standpoint? Right. Because medical illiteracy's you know, never been higher along the way, so... Yeah, no, I would agree. I think that's, I think that is a crucial component of, you know, really making sure that you're having that conversation and something that we, we really take to heart within our organization is humbled confidence is that, Mm. you know, you're confident in what you do, you're confident in your background, but you're humble enough to know that, and anybody that knows that is high, high level in what they do, that that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know. And so you need to be just driven by continuing to educate. I like hum- humble confidence. Yeah. Because you want the confidence, but at the same time, you don't want to feel like, oh, you know, we, we I, I look at some of the stuff I used to talk about nutritionally like 30-some years ago, and I'm like, what was I thinking? Right. You know, what was Times I, change, what, and that's yeah, okay thinking, to educate, right? right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. What's, what's going on? Why, why did I see? Why did I think that? But in many things, you know, you just try to keep sharpening the saw along the way and still have some principles, but I like that humble, humble confidence. So but if you were still talking about the things you were talking about 30 years ago, oh, yeah. you would be totally irrelevant. Yeah. Right. I mean, so I was. those are the things I that was it's kinda. like, if you're not, like you said, sharpening the ax like that, I would expect that when I'm working with somebody that not like they're total 180, but that they are definitely staying up on it. And if the same stuff they For talked sure. about then, they're talking about now, you're wondering, are, are you staying up on the latest yeah, so and certain greatest? things. I used to get in trouble when I worked at the Michigan Athletic Club. But one of the things I remember back in the day, I would talk about eating healthy, saturated fats. And they're like, there's no such thing. I'm like, well, sure there is. You know, there's coconut and there's all nuts and seeds have some form of healthy, saturated fat. But and avocados. Yeah. Are, yeah. There's, there's a lot of. Lots of but, yeah. but I look back at the time, I'm like, you can't talk about that because Fats are fats. I'm like, no, fats are not fats. And saturated fats are not saturated fats. I mean, they're all, you know, uniquely different compared to the source. So, yeah, you do learn along the way. You look at some of the mistakes along the way, and then you look at some of the stuff that you talked about that really hasn't changed, and and, and some of that stuff hasn't really gone out of style. Right. So what else would you like to share? I mean, I know, like, sometimes I'll hear you on Tim Stout's show, and you got some gold nuggets I listened to, and I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I never thought about that. But is there anything you want to share um, as we kind of wind down? You know, I guess I would just say is, you know, from a health and wellness standpoint, we we talk about, you know, the effects of exercise, and we talk about the effects of pharmaceuticals and diet, and all those three components are, are extremely important, but also sleep. And I think we really underestimate the fact of sleep. And, you know, you and I talk about that. We were talking about it this morning. But right now, you know, when we look at statistics, we could say that almost 80% of our current population is not getting enough REM quality sleep and developing into the deep sleep that they need. That is where we recover. That is where we get the turnover. That is where our hormones regulate. That is where all of this kind of uh, rejuvenation is happening. And so, you know, we can talk about health and wellness and we can talk about, but if somebody is coming in fatigued and exhausted and, you know, from a hormone level, they're just out of balance because of their sleep, we 
have a really difficult time getting people to where they need to be. And so sometimes it's just as easy as to get eight hours of sleep. It's crucial because all this other stuff can be minutia if you're not recovering on a regular basis. Well, I was speaking at this MIT conference in Boston, and I ended the presentation about being intentional about your rest. Mm-hmm. And it must have hit a nerve because I got a ton of emails after that. And what you're saying is it really gets back to some basics. Are you drinking enough water? You know, are you getting outside and get some sunlight? Yeah. You know, and most importantly, are you getting a good night's sleep? Because if you're not getting good REM sleep, you're not going to have a healthy brain. If you're not getting good deep sleep, you're not going to recover. Your hormones are not going to be right. Um, but it's interesting that I'll hear people like, I want to hack this and hack that. I'm like, no, no, yeah. you can't hack your sleep. No, um, there's no there's, you know, and you can hear all the social influencers talking about that. But in, the bottom line is, if you're not getting a good night's sleep, there's everything's going to go bad. Right. And so, yeah. like you're saying, let's just start with some basics. Yeah. Are you if 80 percent are not getting enough sleep? Right. You know, I'm walking in your office that probably eight out of ten are in that Struggling. situation. Yeah. And so you're looking at increased anxiety and increased depression and increased, you know, lethargy and increased weight. That's all directly related, you know. So we can have all the fads in the world and you can have the ketosis and you can have all the, you know, the crazy, the crazy things. And and I look at those as just fads because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. they will come and go. And we've seen the cycle and you've been in it long enough and I've been in it long enough that we've seen it full circle where they've come and they've gone and then they're back again and the but at the end of the day the the things that really matter are eat well sleep well well and exercise Mm -hmm. and and it seems so simplistic but it's so necessary for everything if i sit down with a client you sit down with you know a patient coming in if you really go into the weeds you're seeing lots of holes Mm -hmm. you know they don't have a lot of space in their life yeah you know their life is so you know fast-paced they don't have enough time to get a good night's sleep mm-hmm. and so and everything's hurried and then they're going to load up on caffeine to get them through the day or an energy drink or all of the above some kind right. of stimulant yeah they're going to eat crummy because they don't have enough time to plan and then you can, you can see how it's really starting to fall apart when reality is well, let's just step back for a second let's build a couple habits at a time but i think the big thing what you just hit me with is the first thing i really talk to all my clients about is you know, balancing the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Because if the nervous system is imbalanced, nothing's going to be imbalanced. Right. And that begins with getting enough rest and sleep and breathing and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. And if you're not doing that and they're going through and you're, you're not going to have the outcome they would yeah. if, they're, if they're going through the therapy and all the stuff that you're doing, great stuff you're teaching them. Yeah. And I just got back from Colorado skiing. And <clears throat> one of the things we were talking about in the morning is really – giving yourself a little bit of time doesn't have to be an hour moving your body but it could be 10 minutes yeah that all kind of adds up so when you look at the sleeping and the moving and the the hydration the eating and all that stuff starts to build up over and over and over but i i truly believe like you said 80 percent. that is a crazy number it's huge and then when i'm looking at an audience or you get you know it's like okay i know most of these people aren't sleeping yeah you're doing lectures you know in front of yeah. Hundreds of people, you can assume that half of them are fading off because <laughs> they're oh, so tired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I try to be energizing and, and engaging, but sometimes it doesn't matter. They're out. It right. Doesn't matter. They're like, they, I have got no rest. I have no yeah. chance with this crowd right now. Right. So, 
Yeah. All right. So anything else we want to end with today? Anything you want to share with them as we wrap this up? But this has been really, I mean, you're just a gift to this community. Um, Thank you. And you've been a, I mean, I got to tell you, you've opened my eyes um, and how my body feels. And I just, I want people to understand that don't give up because the human body, as you mentioned, has an amazing ability to heal and self-correct. But sometimes you might need a team around you to help you yeah figure that out and nobody has to cross these bridges alone and so that's what i kept thinking and people said to me you know why do you have all these people around you i'm like because i don't know all this stuff everybody but, needs a coach right i need a coach and the best and, of the best right and if i coach. feel like i know everything i know nothing so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so you know i would just leave individuals that it's when you're looking at health and wellness and movement and physical therapy and nutrition and all of that it doesn't have to be daunting, but you do have to start. So I would just encourage everybody that, you know, today, just start. Simple. It's a simple habit that you can do. And if it's going to the gym or if it's eating right, you can just go to the gym. You don't even have to work out. Just start the habit. Go there and then leave. But yeah, start the habit because showing up is the first part of a huge change. So show up until you're ready to work out. And then eat, you know, small changes, you know, small changes in your sleep. Set your alarm at a certain time to go to bed, you know, small things. It doesn't have to be huge. Park at the back of a parking lot instead of, you know, driving around for 20 minutes to get the front spot. You know, little things make huge differences. So I would just encourage everybody to start now. I like the word show up or two words, show up. So show we're up gonna, and level up. We're yeah. going to show up and level up in this year. So yeah. anyway, thanks for uh, spending the time today. I hope everybody got some out. I definitely got a lot of out l l talking to you over the years. So again, thanks for the taking the time today, and we appreciate all you do in this community. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here.